Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is August 27, 2021, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter into action. On page 81, the second paragraph that begins our design for living, and we'll be reading and sharing on that one paragraph. Today's readers, and thank you so much for your service, Christine G. for the 12 Steps, Matthew B. for the 12 Traditions, readers, Dara L., Katie G., Lisa B., our newcomer greeters, Rick J., and our second hour host is Leslie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, August the 26th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 17,639. That's 17639. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 17,640. That's 17640. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Christine G. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Christine G. The 12 steps. One, we admit it we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. 
Thank you, Christine G. And I will now ask Matthew B. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Matthew B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, our only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Team Friday. Thank you, Matthew B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 81, the second paragraph, beginning our design for living. And I'll now ask Dara L. to please get us started. Hi, great. Thank you. This is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. Our design for living is not a one-way street. It is as good for the wife as for the husband. If we can forget, so can she. It is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Um, So, 
you know, specifically these <laughs> few sentences are talking about infidelity within a partnership and sort of like what we tell and what we don't. But I think what is helpful for me to share about is to think about how like this applies in a more broad context, I think, and it teaches me, right, that like I have a disease of relationships, I have a disease of intimacy, um, and I don't know how to have like two-way street relationships. I don't, I don't know that, but this tells me a little bit about how to begin, you know, in terms of like not scorching relationships and not throwing people under the bus and not telling what isn't mine to tell, which I did. I was an expert at that in my disease. I was so manipulative and I didn't care who I hurt and I didn't care, um, you know, whose secrets I told because I just wanted people to like me, you know, and I just wanted to evade consequences for my own actions, you know, and, and so this, really tells me not to do that. And it also, to me, it speaks about, you know, can I use these tools outside of these rooms? Can I use them in my relationships? And today, you know, I don't expect everybody in my life to be capable of this two-way, you know, design for living, but I, it is an expectation of those who are closest to me and of my most intimate, most sacred relationships. And, you know, I'll share that I, I do 10 steps with my mom and my sister and my best friend, you know, if provided that they won't be affected by what I'm sharing with them, like, because I don't know how to have intimacy. And I've learned that in these rooms, I've learned how to share keeping the focus on myself and my experiences. And so I'll like write out a little fourth step and I'll go to them and I'll be like, can I give you a fourth step? And they're like, uh, sure. You know, <laughs> and I share with them and they're like, oh, wow. Like, that's so cool. Like, I love that, you know, and it's such a, for me, it's been such a gift to learn the skills for relationship building and to learn forgiveness and to learn that that like, yeah, I, I get to have intimate and connected relationships. And sometimes, you know, that it takes time for that design for living to take hold. It takes time in me and it takes time in others. But I really believe that the source of all addiction is, um, is splitting. You know, it, it, it's this inner alienation. It's this belief that if people really knew me, I wouldn't live me. It's leading a double life. It's it's, it's separation from God and from others. And so this paragraph is teaching me, like, can I, can I connect with the people in my life? Can I meet them and can I expect them to meet me, you know? And can we live together in harmony? And for me, like, where this really, really matters is not with people who I might never meet, who I talk on the phone, like, once or twice to. It's with people in my life who, like, I, I, am in, I love them, but I was incapable of, of enacting that love um, until I got the tools that this program is giving me. Um, so, yeah, anyways, with that, I'll pass, but I'm really excited to hear what everyone else has to say. Thank you, Dara L. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on Wednesday or Thursday at any of the vision meetings, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read this morning? Reba P. Reba P. Davalyn E. Davalyn. Barbara E. Lisa B. Barbara. Lisa B. Tessa Q. from South Florida. Say again, someone Q. Tessa Q. Tessa. It's a little bit hard to hear you, Tessa. Anybody else? Sandy S. 
Okay. Okay, I think I, I might have missed somebody. So I had Reva P and Davalyn, I didn't get the first initial of your last name, Barbara E, Lisa B, Tessa Q, and Sandy F. Did I miss someone? Chuck okay. K from Georgia. Oh, Chuck, I put you on there too. Okay, Reva P, you're up. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. So, you know, these paragraphs are talking about making amends and not implicating a third party and doing more harm. But what strikes me the most this morning is the first sentence and the, first of all, the phrase designed for living. I didn't come here for a design for living. I came here to get my food under control, get things in order so I could go back out and live my life. Thank you very much. Um, so it's such a great reminder that this uh, program, um, the steps, um, the whole aim you know, is to build that connection with a power greater than me. And this is a design for living, a plan, a blueprint um, of how my life um, can be when I'm not running the show, when I'm not in self-will run riot. Um, and I love this phrase, it's not a one-way street. So I think this is almost the opposite for me um, because I have a set of rules and principles of how everybody else should behave and treat me um, and how people should be putting my needs first um, and doing what I want. Um, but do I do that for them? No, not at all. So um, when it's not a one-way street, I need to look at this for myself. Am I thinking of others, the ones most close to me, um, the way I want them to Reva, we lost you. There I go. Okay. There you are. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know where I left off, but I guess this two-way street reminds me that um, I need to be focused on others. And the way to build healthy relationships is to focus less on me, you know, deal with my stuff through the steps and, and through my program supports, but really focus on others. Am I really putting others' needs ahead of my own? Because the true joy in relationships and harmony is when I stop getting everybody else to do what I want them to do for me so that I feel okay and my needs are met um, and really be loving and kind and compassionate only through God's grace. Um, yeah, and focus on others. So just a great reminder, two-way street you know, reminds me um, to stop focusing on me and focusing on the ones closest to me um, to build healthy relationships. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Davilyn E., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Davilyn, star Good one. morning, Lisa. Oh, there you are. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Davilyn E. from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, there was something that occurred to me as I was reading this this morning and as I was listening to the reader. And when it says this is a design for living that is as good for the wife as for the husband, it made me realize a mistake I often make with 
the people in my life, especially my partner. And I often forget that I am the sick one here and I am the one with the book. And I have expectations that my partner will live by these steps, will follow my rules, will do the things that I think are right living through the steps. And I forget that I'm the sick one and I'm the one with the book. And so I have these expectations and then I'm upset with the person who is resentful and very self-righteous. So this, these lines just reminded me of that and it's a good day to remind me. Thank you all for listening and have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Devlin E. And Barbara E., you're up, followed by Lisa B. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for your service and this absolutely wonderful meeting. I love the authenticity, the honesty, the quality of every single share that I ever hear. And I was thinking back to the mantras that I used to read on the walls of the face-to-face meetings. And I thought they were kind of sappy at the time, but now I've gone to love them and grown to love them. One of them was what other people think of, of me is none of my business. And I found that I can't save my ass and my face at the same time. And humility is not thinking less of yourself, but but thinking of yourself less. And the healthy person finds happiness in others. Thus for him, unselfishness is selfishness. And that's why I think for me at least, it's so important that I never ever think that I've recovered from OA University. I've got to go on and be better today than tomorrow. So in the evening, I write my review of what I've done good, because some things I do well, and what I could have done better on. And if there's an amends I need to make, and often it's to my family. Um, And then in the morning, I always say, thank you, God, that I'm alive today. And would you like to come down and have a cup of coffee with me? And we could discuss what your plans are for me today. But there's a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And believe me, if anything brilliant is ever said by me, it's by someone else. He wrote, I believe, it is one of the most beautiful compensations of this life that no person can sincerely try to help others without helping himself. Isn't that beautiful? And I remember another one, and I don't remember who said it. Maybe I did, but I doubt it. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So I always make it a point to return calls, to do what I can, to help others as best I can, and to be a good listener, because my sponsor, who I adore, says listening is a gift that I can give to another person. And of course, if they ask for my opinion, they ask, then I give. But if they don't ask, I don't. And for me, God is not a religion. It's a relationship. And I don't give up what I want most for what I want in the moment. 
So I have to relax and say, okay, Barbara, you're not getting it today, but maybe you'll get it tomorrow. So I just believe, thank you. I just believe that this is a wonderful meeting. Thank you all. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And Lisa B., you're up, followed by Tessa Q. Hi, Lisa. Good morning, everybody. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. And I I love all the shares and the reader this morning. Um, I looked at this paragraph and you know, I, I'm not going to really share specifically on the content, the context of what it's saying, but I wanted to share on the phrase "are designed for living," and I also wanted to share on the word jealousy. Um, our design for living. Oh my gosh, you know, because I had no clue how to live life, and I've learned that that that's really my whole problem is defective relationships and my character defects. That is what's been driving me. That has been my whole problem, not the food or the alcohol. So I love this design for living, and it's all about being other-centered and God-focused. And, um, you know, it tells me in the chapter, working with others, that I don't have the exact phrase, but if we depend on people, we're never going to recover. I have to depend on God. And so that's a design for living today that I still, um, you know, I still struggle with. And the other design for living is not keeping anything inside to myself. I, I need to do everything the exact opposite of what the illness wants me to do, which is to come out into the open, into the light with my fellows and with God, and then to be of service. Like that's a design for living. And then in the 12 and 12 and step six, it says, God did not design man to destroy himself. Well, that's what I've been doing my whole life, destroying my life. And it's my, my natural state. So I need every day to be in these steps and in this work. It's, unnatural for me to be in this design for living that's why every day I I need to be in it and then that word jealousy feeling or showing envy of someone or their achievement and their advantages and then synonyms would be resentful grudging insecure doubting suspicious and defensive that describes me also to a T and I can get stuck in jealousy for my fellows and it all is based in fear that I'm not okay that I don't have enough, you know? And that is an exact conflict with the design for living that this program teaches me. And I can't do this on my own. I need a spiritual awakening, a personality change, and I need all of you. And that comes to the steps and in a state of entire abstinence and surrender and continuing to grow and be honest. So thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. And Tessa Q, you're up, followed by Sandy S. Good morning. I'm Tessa Q, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Southwest Florida. Thank you, moderator, and to everyone for bringing this meeting so I could have a space to recover. Um, it is good for the wife as for the husband. Mm, two things come to mind with this sentence, and I love this incredibly short, succinct, but beautiful paragraph. Um, not so much for my wife. Um, she's she's not interested. Um, <laughs> but I also think back to the beautiful day that I took going up to Katona, New York and Stepping Stones, and I looked at the kitchen, and I sat at the kitchen table, and I thought about the women in the kitchen meeting while the husbands uh, met in the living room. Um, so for a lot of couples, it does, it does work. Um, and the other thing I... Uh, I really vibed with was um, upon whom she can vent jealousy. 
And, you know, um, I found out my BRCA1 status this year, and um, I had committed to higher power after the vision conference a couple of years ago that I would sponsor anyone that came and asked. And I don't think my wife really knows the number of sponsees, um, but she has on occasion griped and displayed jealousy over uh, the phone calls and the emails. Um, and I think she doesn't understand that I can't, I can't love her the way I love my sponsees, and I can't love my sponsees the way I love her. They're two very different types of love and encouragement and fellowship. You know, Bill W. has this approach, you know, what's good for the, the goose is good for the gander. Um, and, you know, Lois had her own desk. Uh, there's a whole fellowship um, around relationships with other people and especially relationships with addicts. Um, and I, I just love the, the reminder of the intersectionality of, you know, my food neutrality and my relationships with people and my character defects. That's, that's really what has been the gift for me in coming back from relapse uh, almost four years ago, is that the realization and the understanding of, oh my God, this character defect is a major threat to my food neutrality. This person, this person's character defect is a major threat to my food neutrality. Um, so that, that food neutrality and human relationships um, I got to keep working on it every day. I need the spiritual solvent of meetings. And with the pandemic and not uh, seeing face-to-face -face, uh, people and meetings and conventions, I need to share. And I uh, thank you for this time. And uh, thanks for keeping me abstinent today. Have a good one. Thank you, Tessa Q. And Sandy S., you're up, followed by Chuck K. Sandy, star one, we can't hear you. Hi, this is Sandy S., recovered compulsive overeater from Asheville, North Carolina. I'm out walking by myself. I just want to say the design for living and the relationships. I, since I've been abstinent for 45 years, which I shared, it's scary for me to share that, um, because I take the abstinence very seriously. And I had one relapse 46 years ago, and I will go to any length to live this design for living. And what's coming up for me is how dependent I am on other people, how it's beyond dependency, it's an addiction for other people to save me. And especially more so than ever, with my husband declining. And something in me shifted this morning, and I really am willing to go to any length to believe in myself. I don't believe in myself. I don't believe I could count on myself because in addition to the addiction, I have mental illness, which I've been recovering from. But now's the time for me to step out and see if the 24-hour aid, who is very difficult for me to live with, can leave. And I'm so afraid that I don't have the strength to take care of my husband on my own, even though there are indications that I can. So for me, just for today, just like the food, it was so difficult to get abstinent the first few years. But I really was spiritually led. 
I have to trust that God will be there for me now, showing me I have the strength. I do not need other people to save me. And the only way I could prove that is just like when I desperately started being abstinent, every meal was so important. Now, I don't have to call someone today. Just for today, can I not rely on a million other people to help me? Can I rely on a higher power within? I'll see what happens. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. And Chuck K., you're up. Hey, good morning. This is Chuck K. from Georgia. I'm a compulsive overeater. I got a blessing from from living this design of living the other day. My oldest daughter came home. She's been gone for six months. And my youngest daughter told her as they were, you know, reconnecting that mom and dad are really getting along well. And I heard that. And on face, it made me smile. But as I go through, as I trudge on with my program and I ask myself that one question every night, have I been kind and loving to all? You know, I almost always find that I'm putting my wife on there. I'm always making some kind of comment or always thinking that I can be a little bit kinder. And that's the most intimate relationship I have. And I think one of the things that applies from step eight and nine is the, the art of compassion. And that means I'm not to hurt somebody else's feelings. Now, there's a part of me that wants to just let everything go, all of this emotion go, and and just, you know, get into every little detail of everything I've ever done wrong. And sometimes that's not the appropriate message that I need to give. That's going to hurt people. And I'm thankful that there is a sponsor out there that will say, hey, no, you don't need to do this, and you do need to do this. And I'm always doing the best in program when I'm listening to someone and I'm following instructions and I'm not questioning anything. And the other thing about this program is I've got to work it. I've got to work it consistently. There's, there, there's, no, there's nothing that's hard about this. It's, it's the same easy stuff. I just have to do it every single day. That's why they say we've got to work this program. Because if I'm not asking myself that question every night, Am I kind and loving to all? I'm not going to have that reflection, and I'm not going to be thinking about how am I going to treat people kind and lovingly the next day. So I think that gives us a good instruction on what we're to do. This is a design for living, and the only way I'm going to live it is by making the decisions to do it. For me, I like to do it right out of the big book. I don't add. I don't subtract. And... um, when we do that, we, we get a lot of good blessings, and I was, I was happy to receive the one I got the other day. So thanks for letting me share, and I hope that helps somebody. Thank you, Chuck Kay. And um, before I take another list of names, we are on page 81. We read the second paragraph, um, our design for living, and we're sharing on that one paragraph. And who else would like to share this morning? Tina S. Tina S. Carl B. Carl B. Greg K. Greg K. Nancy P. Nancy P. Anybody else? All right, I I have Tina S., Carl B., Greg K., and Nancy P. Tina S., please share with us. 
Thanks so much, Lisa, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting. You know, I wasn't going to share, and I thought, oh, I just can't hold back, you know, because what I heard, you know, and initially, you know, I was thinking, now oh, i got to talk about what the, the, con- um, the context of the paragraph, and I heard that I really didn't need to, which was so cool, because I, too, want to talk about a design for living in relationship. And, and I've heard it from everybody that shared, you know, it is about demonstration. You know, I, I know my partner is, is, in the, is in another fellowship, but I cannot depend on her to do this deal. I, you know, when I'm disturbed, and I don't want to get into the 10th step, but let's talk about the fourth, you know, putting out of our minds entirely the wrongs others have done, you know, where am I to blame here? And what do I need to, to grow through and to be a better, how do I need to change and grow to be a better person through these steps, you know, through one, one through nine so that I can do 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis, you know, and that is about being a different person, you know, and doing the, the things that I don't want to do, but I do them because it makes me somebody different and that I demonstrate this stuff. You know, and so that it, it kind of rubs off on other people. You know, over the years, I've found that, you know, I don't expect other people to do this. But, you know, by my changing somehow, you know, and maybe all the time they were, they're doing it too. You know, because I come in, in relationship with people that I attract today and that, I'm, that are attracted to me. And, and that was always the case. But today I'm a different person. So I attract different people in my life. And, you know, and, and somehow... You know, they're doing this deal, even though they're not in a 12-step program, you know, and that's probably because, you know, it's God's ideal, you know, and they're living the way they're supposed to live, you know, and didn't need to be in a 12-step program to do that. But I do, you know, and that's the good news today because, you know, one day at a time, you know, I stay sober, sane, and abstinent, and I'm free, and I don't have to pick up any um, addiction to deal with life today, you know. I ask God, you know, I talk to other people, I'd be in relationship. And that was just what I really heard today from this paragraph. And so grateful to be on the line. So grateful for you, you all in my life. And I pass. Thank you, Tina S. And Carl B., you're up, followed by Greg K. Carl, press star one. We can't hear you. Carl B., Compulsive Eater in Chicago. Can it be heard? Yes, thanks. Oh, great. Sorry, I muted myself by accident. Um, so grateful to be here today. Uh, the shares have been wonderful. I, I could literally talk 15 minutes on this uh, paragraph, but I'll keep it to three. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about, and I wasn't going to share as the last speaker talked as well, was the idea around the the last 15 months, you know, for a lot of us have been challenging. And, you know, I, I lost my job 15 months ago. And it, it has been an incredibly challenging experience. And I left a job that I absolutely loved. And I was devastated by it. And, and I was able to keep abstinent in, in, in that period of time. And I found out yesterday that I'm going to be able to go back to that job. And I've had some incredibly dark moments. And when I get dark... I insulate, and this is a disease of isolation. And for anybody that's had an experience for job search, you you, you know that people ghost you, and I I, I internalize and I in, and I isolate. And um, was talking with my spouse about it, and I said, you know, you just don't understand. You don't understand what I go through. And my spouse said to me, 
how can you say it? And we got into a huge argument about it. It's like, how do you, how can you say that I don't understand? I've lived this with you the last 15 months. <laughs> and I was surprised by that comment. I was surprised that, that I was like, oh, that's right. You live here. We've been together 15 years. And for, for me to say that and not understand that that person's actually here in my house every single day is, 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 is something that I was actually surprised by. And, and so, you know, I have to be reminded by that every single day that, you know, as somebody said earlier, you know, there, there's intimacy in, in, in our relationships. And I forget about that. I forget that I'm, I'm not alone. I forget that you all are here. I forget that, 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 you know, and it takes me into the food if I'm not reminded by that every single day. You know, I've also had some outside help in the last six months. I've gone back into therapy. And one of the things that therapy has reminded me that, you know, I, 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 I need, what I'm looking for always is to be, you know, validated, to be heard, to be acknowledged. And then through that, you know, situation and through all of these situations, that's what I was looking for and what I'm always looking for. So it's, it's an amazing experience. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carl B. And Greg K., you're up, followed by Nancy P. Good morning. This is Greg K. Can I be heard? You can. Thank you so much, moderator. Appreciate your, uh, your, your service this morning. What's great shares. This is wonderful stuff. I really wasn't going to say anything. I kind of feel intimidated on this meeting, even though I've been around the program for 10 years. You know, I'm just five, six months fully abstinent now. But um, I just I love what everybody had to say. And uh, my biggest gratitude, and I, I feel like it's, it's bragging, but it's not. I'm, I'm just so thankful that uh, my partner is also in program. And uh, I've always felt like for the longest time that, um, you know, I really needed a partner who was in the fellowship because um, I'm just, man, I'm not normal. I'm an odd duck. So I need somebody who kind of understands the life that I lead. And that's just for me. That's not for everybody. But, um, you know, we didn't start out like that. We started out, I was in program, she was not. And, um, you know, I used that as an excuse not to fully commit because I was deathly afraid I might reach a point where, you know, I had to go my own way. And uh, I didn't want to face that. And plus, I still wanted to stay in the food, really. So, but, you know, we kind of got to a point where, you know, this time around, I, I got serious. I got with a sponsor. And something clicked. I don't know what the hell it was, but some something changed. And, um, you know, I was able to finally get entirely abstinent. And, you know, she saw that and she decided to explore it herself. And, you know, so, you know, I mean, now we don't always, but, you know, we pray and meditate together. We meal prep together. We eat together. Um, you know, sometimes we help each other out with sponsees. Like, I'll, I sponsor men and women. I know that's taboo for some people. But, um, you know, look, I, I go where God calls me, and I talk about it with my sponsor. And he said, if it's an issue, you need to deal with it. I don't know if I necessarily recommend it, but you do what you do. And it hasn't been a problem. It's, it's been great to be of service. But... Um, you know, I'm just extremely grateful to, to be in this program and, and doing my thing as well as be in a partnership with somebody who's also in program. 
and uh, it just, I don't know, just makes my life so much more fulfilling, so I'm grateful for that. Thanks for letting me speak. Thank you, Greg K. And Nancy P., please share with us. Hi, good morning. Can, may I be heard? You can, uh-huh. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts. So I'm going to jump on the bandwagon about the design for living. That phrase is super important to me. Um, back on page 28, it says, what seemed at first a flimsy read to, turned out to be the loving and powerful hand of God. But Nancy P. isn't really into God. So I read that sentence as, what seemed at first a flimsy read turned out to be the loving and powerful design for living that really works. So that sentence is the first inkling to me was when I read it, when I went out through it with my sponsor, <clears throat> excuse me, that this process could actually work for me, that I could actually recover. You know, Nancy P., this angry woman who was steeped in pain and fear, could actually get better. And then here in the ninth step, they talk about this design for living being a two-way street. So that means that no matter which way the traffic is going, that I'm going to still be okay. My recovery is dependent on this two-way street. I can live on a country path or a six-lane superhighway, and I'm still going to be okay. And, you know, I'm into data that, you know, my experience is my data. The data show me that no matter what, I'm going to be okay, that I'm safe and protected living a life that is an embarrassment of riches. My life today is a joyful trudge along another road of happy destiny. And I've never been happier in this than in this design for living that really works, especially when the going gets tough. And, you know, it says, you know, Bill says in Bill's story, you know, we found that it really works even in difficult times or whatever. And I feel like, of course it works. That's the main time when it works for me is when, when, when life is rough. And, you know, I, I always go back to my daughter, my poor girl, or my, my lucky girl, and my beautiful girl, when she was at her sickest and I was in the deepest pain and fear at the same exact time was the place of my deepest joy on account of this design for living. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And we have some more time for people who'd like to share on page 81, second paragraph, our design for living. Who else would like to share on that paragraph this morning? This is Jen A. Jen A. Erin K. I think you said Erin K. It's a little bit difficult to hear. Yes, Erin K. Thank you, Erin. Anybody else? Sam S. Carmela G. And Carmela G. That sounds like a great lineup. I have Jen A., Aaron K., Sam S., and Carmela G. I hope we can get them all. Jen A., please go ahead. We'll keep it brief, right? Good morning. Thanks so much for moderating. This is Jen A., recovered in Colorado. Wow, what a kick-ass meeting. Like, it's just been, you know, week after week. Um, coming on the lines here and everybody shares. Thank you, everybody, for getting on. And the new voices I've heard just today are amazing. So thanks for pressing star one. Um, design. Huh. I got a pretty good design <laughs> that worked uh, for me. And um, where did it take me? It took me into the food. It took me into anorexia, bulimia, compulsive overeating, um, and wrecking and destroying the lives of others. The Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous talks about it as the tornado. And that's me, man. I can rip through the lives of other people. And today it's telling me, you know, this is um, not a one-way street. And uh, I know for me today, I'm navigating a little bit differently. I'm navigating in the back of the boat. I'm not trying to steer the ship. 
um, God's my captain. He's the employer. He's the one that's going to, um, you know, say, all aboard, get on board, and let me just, let me just sail the ship for you through the roughest of waters and through, you know, just the calmest of seas. And the difference for me today in the preferences is that I do my best to leave my, my, will, my will, you know, at the, at the shore. Um, and that I'm not resistant to the things that come up, and that I don't hold a, hold a position against people and places and things, and that I'm not attached, and I don't have a list of it should and it could and it would be. That's the difference today. And when I step into life like that, boy, am I just shocked and amazed, um, you know, how things happen um, for a girl like me, because this really sick girl was not capable of having relationships, even recovered in program. Um, and God's shown me over the last couple of years um, of how I hold my hand in the fire and how I continue, um, you know, to, to, to live the life that I want to live. No, Jen, you don't get to live your life the way you want to. You get to live it for me. But when you do, the results and, and, and the ride is just, it's miraculous. So if you're new today on the line and you're here and you're just living in misery and you're, you know, you just feel like crap, um, pick up the phone, call one of us. There's a huge list get our numbers. We're all listed there. We're here for you. That's what this is. And we can show you the way that we've done this work, guide you and direct you, um, just be the lantern on your path and help you go through the steps too. That's how it works. We give it away to others for fun and for free. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. And Erin K., you're up, followed by Sam S. Hi, this is Erin Kay, uh, recovered in Michigan. Um, I also grabbed onto the phrase "design for living. Um, when I, I remember hearing it kind of on the line um, when I was really new and it kind of sounded to me like an, oh, that sounds like an 80s sitcom with big hair or something. And I was kind of snickering. And then when I got to this point in the steps with my sponsor and read this phrase, um, I was no longer snickering because by this point, I was really in awe by the way this design for living had really started to write my ship and improve all of my relationships and especially my marriage. And my husband is not an addict. Um, but, you know, the more that I could just use the steps to stay on my side of the street, clean up my part, stop judging him, stop pointing out, you know, what was wrong with him. And, you know, after every nightly inventory, nearly I would, you know, I've been turning around in bed and looking at him and, and giving my nightly, almost nightly apology for whatever it was. Um, it's just been incredible to, to actually watch the effect that it, it's had on him. Um, and that's the other thing that this passage kind of kind of made me made me think about. Um, and I'm just very, very, very grateful. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Aaron Kay. And Sam F., you're up, followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Lisa. Thanks for taking the meeting. Sam S., I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, what I think about in the paragraph is not, mean, not needlessly naming a person upon whom uh, my spouse or anybody else can vent jealousy. Um, I'm a fearful woman and I don't like taking ownership for my mistakes, my conduct. Um, and I've uh, learned through mistakes too that, you know, when I get afraid, I'll immediately get defensive and say, yeah, but this is why. 
And um, it says in the book that resentments are dubious luxuries of normal men. So it's not fair for me to implicate or justify my behavior, um, especially not to implicate another person. You know, like when I'm um, owning up to a mistake to, let's say, um, an employer, I can't say, well, this person did that and then get them upset at another person. That's not fair. Um, And I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I hang on to things. I hang on to, you know, what I imagine other people are doing when I'm, I'm the problem here, but, um, but that's not fair. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want people to treat me that way. So when I'm owning up to my own conduct, I really need to keep the responsibility on me because I want to get right with me and God. I don't want, I don't want any more shrapnel, um, in the way of what what damage I've already done. And um, I love the design for a living. I love the idea that um, that it's a program that works and, and I don't have to, um, I don't have to figure out what that is because like I've heard this morning, my design for a living doesn't really go well. <laughs> it creates a lot of chaos um, for me and for others. And uh, just grateful, grateful to have a program that um, that leads me to, God through others, through steps, um, and through abstinence. It's a it's way better than anything I, I could have planned on my own. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Sam S. And Carmela G., you're up. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone on the line, moderator for leading, and everyone who is just listening and sharing. Um, it's a wonderful fellowship and team. I'm Carmela G, and I'm recovered, a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And um, this this small paragraph says lots because early on in program, before I even uh, I was early in my steps when someone uh, from an AA fellowship suggested that I watch an AA YouTube, and um, it was about someone who spoke of the design for living, and um, the statement that I remember this person sharing was, God interrupted my death and gave me a design for living. And I didn't quite understand it at that time. I thought death, meaning dying, you're dead. But at the first vision convention, I had the gift of sitting with Ruth from Illinois, and we shared breakfast together. And um, when I said to her, because I was early, early on at that Virginia beach, I said, I want to live. And if I don't follow this program, I will die. And she said, Carmela, we lost you. We lost you at She Said. Thank you so much. Uh, She said there is more than physical death. If you pick up again, you will have spiritual death and mental death as well. And that's how I was living my life. Selfishly, my relationships were holding hostages People had to do what I wanted. It was all about me. This program has taught me, smash the ego, get out of self, and be there. Open up, 
and be of maximum service to God and to our fellows. And that, that is my design for living. And that produces such joy and gratitude. And it's a gift. Life's still happening. Not going to fix that. But it's a gift to be walking in the sunlight. And with that, I pass and thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela G. And we do have time for one more three-minute share, or two short ones. Anybody? Page 81, our design for living, second paragraph. Hi, this is Georgia. I'll share. Georgia, please go ahead. Good morning. This is my first morning on this call, and I'm so grateful for the beautiful page in the big book and for all of your shares and your service. And I just, I've been reading through 81 and and a a few of the other pages recently right near it. I am just so grateful that in recovery, I learned a whole new way of living. And you know, I'm, I'm getting used to different, if it's something that I want to do, I'm more likely to not do it now. If it's something I don't want to do it, my sponsor is encouraging me to do it. I am calling her and kind of going over some of my step 10 things many of the days of the week. And she is always encouraging me to take the higher road. Just everything that I find in recovery is blessing my life so much. And I'm grateful to have found this meeting and to be able to start this way with these blessings and miracles and, and wisdom and, and, and insights this morning. Um, I love how going on to page 82, it says, it may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. And I am learning that, you know, it's, it's much easier for me to see going forward if I'm not looking in the rearview mirror. And holding on to resentments or so many of the things that I learned and discovered and my higher power helped me dig up in step four and five and then in six and seven, just being willing to get them all um, to, to have God transform my character defects. I read recently that the principles of the program become the opposite of our character defects and and I, I remember when I finished my step seven, my sponsor said to me, okay, now, what, Georgia, what are you going to do now? And I said, oh, well, I'm going to start working on my character defects one day at a time. And, you know, I want to start being, I have a lot of children. I want to start being more on time and I'll try that first. And then, you know, I want to get rid of my clutter and then I want to do it. You know, and she's like, no, no, no. All you need to do is be willing. And then God is just going to transform these things. And I'm seeing this happen year after year in recovery. And now three years into recovery, I'm finding 
I'm finding character defects or thing that I can, things that I can work on or things that maybe I used to use and help me that now no longer help me that I'm working on that I didn't even know about. Thank you the first time that I did my step six and seven. So anyway, I am just so grateful and grateful throughout the day to be thinking about this, um, you know, plan for how we can live our lives. Thank you so much for letting me share and be here today. Thank you, Georgia, and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, August the 27th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 17,644. That's 17644. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Katie G., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for taking the meeting. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.